So today, what I want to discuss with you revolves around a question that I read on social media. And here's the question. So someone says, I'm trying to create my school year calendar, but I'm coming up short by 15 days. I want to start September 7th and end May 27th, but that only gives me 165 days. I'm just not sure if I can be ready by the 16th and don't want to extend into June. What do you all think? My oldest will be pre-K if that helps. Now, I have quite a few thoughts around this question. Homeschooling isn't just about education. It's about your kids, it's about your family, and it's about a lifestyle. Hi, my name is Jackie, and I'm the founder of Homeschool Think Tank. The Homeschool Think Tank Parenting Podcast is about community, family, education, and life. I believe that these are the things that matter to homeschool families. Tune in each week and let's talk. I'll bring you a message from my heart, an expert interview, or an interview with the ultimate homeschooling experts, homeschool families like yours. And remember to check out homeschoolthinktank.com. On our website, you can book a coaching call, join our community, or use our advanced podcast search engine. When you type in a name, word, or phrase, our advanced podcast search engine will bring you right to the moment you are looking for. While you're there, be sure to check out our curated collection of educational podcasts. These are podcasts that your family will love. There are podcasts for kids, teens, and parents. All right, let's get to this week's episode. So someone says, I'm trying to create my school year calendar, but I'm coming up short by 15 days. My oldest will be pre-K if that helps. Now, I have quite a few thoughts around this question. So, the first thought goes a little bit like this. Your kids are learning all of the time. And oftentimes, you are doing things that might not be curriculum-based, but they are inherently educational in value. Let me give you an example. We just got back from a family vacation and we went to, I believe it was called the Museum of the Rockies and uh, I think it was in Montana. We went so far, I can't hardly quite remember exactly where it was. Anyway, at this museum, they had an amazing Viking exhibition and I can tell you my kids learned a lot about the Vikings that day and they absorbed a lot and I did as well. They also had a dinosaur, like one of the oldest T-Rexes, like original bones and all of these amazing dinosaur things. They had an exhibit of the area. I'm thinking it was in Bozeman, Montana, but that was not part of a typical school day, right? But my children learned a lot from this exhibit. And actually, my husband and I thought, well, geez, when we get back home, maybe we should watch, pull up some documentaries on YouTube or Netflix or wherever 
and find some things about the Vikings and learn more about it ourselves because even we would like to learn more. It was really interesting. But an exhibit like that can just sort of spearhead a bit of an interest in something. And while we may have learned about the Vikings in various ways in the past, this brought it to life in a way that a textbook simply does not do. So that's my first thought around this, is that you are going to do a lot of things that are educational in nature. And that may have been on our family vacation, but it was still educational, right? So I want to encourage you to include those types of activities as a school day, regardless of whether it's in July, August, a weekend, or a normal school day. So we did a lot of other things on this vacation that were educational in nature as well. And it was really interesting. Everything from looking at the map to, you know, a real atlas, not just Google Maps, to helping our kids learn more and understand more about the highway system and how everything connects. And especially as our oldest is driving now and she'll be leaving next year and we want her to be able to read a real map right? And do that well. So there were things like that as well. So a little bit of geography. Then we stopped at a bear refuge, read a lot about bears. And while my kids are older and you might consider that more elementary-ish, it was still interesting. And my daughter also took a lot of her photography skills from previous college classes, even though she's, she's now technically graduated from high school, but she was a homeschooled high school dual credit college student. And so these are things where she pulled those photography skills and then was really doing real photography. And now that we're back home, she's editing those photos and getting them ready to share. So there are a lot of things that are inherently educational in nature and in your everyday things that you do. Let me give you another example. So I think I've mentioned on our podcast in the past that my youngest daughter is really into fitness and exercising and nutrition. And so she's constantly reading and learning about these things. But then today we were at the grocery store. And so she's reading nutrition labels and applying this knowledge that she has learned, not necessarily all out of a textbook or even out of a textbook at all. She's been watching videos, going online, finding reliable resources, and learning a lot about exercise and nutrition in that way. And that is really educational and really useful in life to know how to eat in a healthy manner and to know how to read a nutrition label on a package and how to count calories and how to, you know, she's really using everyday math skills in all of these things because she is counting up calories in a typical recipe and then dividing it by the number of, of servings. And so she knows where she is and her calorie count for the day and balancing all of that with her exercise. So these are things that I want you to consider. Maybe it's not a traditional textbook that you're learning from or that your child is learning from or a traditional curriculum resource, but your children are still learning and you can still count these things toward your homeschooling day and toward your hours. 
All right, so I'm gonna review this question again because this is just the beginning of it. And I'm applying this to my older kids. And with younger kids, my gosh, nearly everything they're doing, <laughs> they're learning. You know, even playing a game. I'm, I'm always talking about, say, Yahtzee. That when you're playing Yahtzee, your kids are doing math. They are adding, they're multiplying, they're keeping track of their score, they're doing some handwriting in there. There are a lot of skills that go into playing that game. And so these are things to consider. All right, the next part is, well, let me recap on the question. I'm trying to create my school year calendar. All right, so in creating your school year calendar, if you're using traditional curriculum, what you're probably doing is counting how many lessons there are in the year and dividing them by how many days you have in the calendar year. And a lot of curriculum is based around 180 days approximately, give or take a little bit. So you're trying to spread that out throughout the year and you're really planning all the days that you're going to do quote unquote school at home, right? And that is sort of the gist of how you're creating a school year calendar. We're going to talk about this a little bit more in upcoming episodes. So the mom is worried she's coming up short by 15 days because the state that she lives in requires 180 school days in the school year. So many other parents responded in the, in the comments and saying things like I just said, what about field trips? These are things that kids do at school. They go on field trips and it's counted toward their school day. It is also counted toward your school day. Even say a class party is part of their school day. If you are doing a Valentine's party with a homeschooling group, that is part of your school day too. And quite frankly, even around that, you're probably doing something educational in nature. Maybe arts and crafts activities where you're making Valentine's boxes, maybe handwriting where your children are working on writing notes to other kids. So these are all things that you can include as part of your school day. Okay, there's another part here that really strikes me in this question. So she doesn't want to extend into June. That's fine. But truth be told, do you think this woman's children are learning in June? Probably. She's probably doing all sorts of great things with them. She's probably reading to her kids every day. They're probably watching educational things on PBS here and there or on YouTube, wherever. They're probably doing quote unquote field trips to all sorts of museums and doing all sorts of activities, right? So yeah, you're doing some other school as well. Okay, here's the next part that really struck me about this whole question. She says, what do you all think? My oldest will be pre-K if that helps. All right, this is the part where I really want to speak to. <laughs> if you're new to homeschooling or you're thinking about homeschooling, be sure to check out our Start Homeschooling section on the Homeschool Think Tank website. Also, if you're thinking about homeschooling, you'll want to read or listen to my book, Think Homeschool, Live and Learn Your Way. It is available as an audiobook, ebook, or paperback. My oldest will be pre K, if that helps. 
All right, this is the part where I really want to speak to. <laughs> Her child is pre-K, so four years old. And I, let me tell you where I'm coming from. I am coming from my experience as a homeschooling mother and my experience waiting until one of my children was technically kindergarten age before we actually started school-type academic work out of workbooks at the kitchen table, right? And because my oldest child was starting that, I encouraged, pushed <laughs> my youngest child to do that as well. And I spoke about this in a previous podcast episode, but I'll briefly go into it a little bit here. That didn't work out so well. What really happened is she started, she wasn't ready for doing school at the kitchen table. She simply was not ready for it. So what really was happening is she was starting to have a disdain for learning. Where learning was all fun and games before, learning became drudgery at the kitchen table. And it started setting up a foundation for resistance to that. And that's not what you want to do as a homeschooling parent, right? Or as any parent, whether your kids go to school or not. You don't want your children to resist learning. Those workbook type things at a kindergarten, at a kitchen table for kindergarten, pre-K kids, that should be an invitation in my opinion, not a requirement. It's an invitation. Hey, look at this. This might be fun. It's not something you sit down at 9 a.m. to just do and you make sure you complete the lesson. It's not necessary. My other thought around this, oh, also part of my background here, so I'm a homeschooling mom. I have also worked, before I had children, at a nationally accredited daycare. And really, I learned so much from this preschool daycare. And I can tell you, even in that setting, it, there was never a push to make children sit down and write or make them sit down and count out little teddy bears, you know, the, the colorful little plastic teddy bears or whatever, or make them sort them. It was always an invitation. It was never a forced thing. I was also a physical education teacher before I had children. So I have had some child development classes and all of these things. I have also read an extensive number of books. And one of my very favorite books is called Free to Learn by Peter Gray. And he really talks a lot about the value of play and how children learn naturally. So my take on this question is don't worry about the school days with a pre-K child. Oh, you need to know what your state's homeschool laws. We talked about that in previous episodes, so scroll back just an episode or two, and you're going to find out more information about that. Know what your law is, okay? But if your children are not required by law to be doing any compulsory schooling, do not worry about it. Don't worry about it, period. Give them opportunities. Take them to the Children's Museum. Get out paper and pen for your kids or crayons. Give them the opportunities to write, to draw, to learn, play games, get together with other children, join a homeschooling group. 
in your area and give your children the opportunity to play with other children. I guarantee you, even if your child is only three, even if you have a brand new baby, you can join a homeschooling group in your area. And there will be other three-year-olds there as well because most families don't have just one child. They have many children. So while they may have children who are truly school age, they are also going to have other children who are not school age for your child or children to play with. So even if your kids aren't of a compulsory school age, you can still join a homeschooling group. You know, there may be various group rules with different groups. You can start your own for that matter. So this is my thought on this question. This is the number one thing I wanted to drive home today. If you have a child who is not of compulsory school age, who is pre-K, and really in some states, your children don't legally have to start school till they're six, don't do it. Don't even register as a homeschooled student until you are absolutely required to by law. That's my opinion. I'm not a lawyer. <laughs> Homeschool Think Tank does not dispense legal advice. I always want to be very clear about that. But if you don't have to, do not register your children as a homeschooler until you are required to by law. And keep in mind that there are many different ways for children to learn, for many different ways for them to be educated. And it does not all have to come out of a textbook. Education and school are two different things. They are not the same thing. Learning and school are two different things. They're not the same thing. And I did a whole series on this last summer, and I'll link to that in the show notes. So I'll link to any resources that you might like in the show notes that I've mentioned in this episode. But if your kids are not required to be in school legally, don't worry about it. Just simply give your children opportunities to learn. There are many different ways for kids to learn. And I think that if you try to make your four-year-old sit down at the kitchen table or at a little desk or what have you every single day and do specific lessons that you are going to start killing their innate desire to learn. And your goal as a homeschooling parent, one of your goals, is to help your children develop a true love of learning. And I want to back up one moment because I said school does not equal education or education doesn't equal school. Learning doesn't equal school. Those things can happen in school, but your children are probably also learning other things you would rather they didn't learn if they're in school. So that is something for you to weigh where, where the benefits and drawbacks are for you as a parent and for your family. But education and learning are really important. School, in my opinion, is not so important. So help your children develop a desire to learn. Don't squash their desire to learn by forcing them to do things that they are simply not developmentally ready for. All right, that's it. You have a great week. My name is Jackie and I am your host of the Homeschool Think Tank Parenting Podcast. If 
you would like to book a call with me, go to homeschoolthinkthink.com and you will find a way to book a call with me. You will find a way to join our community. I want to say thank you for listening to the Homeschool Think Tank Parenting Podcast. If you've enjoyed this episode, I'd like to ask you to take a moment to follow this podcast. Depending on where you're listening, look for a follow button or a plus button or a subscribe button. Also, if you enjoyed this episode, would you mind leaving a review or a thumbs up? Next, if you think another family or group would find this episode helpful, would you mind sharing this episode? Finally, be sure to check the show notes for a link to the article that corresponds with this podcast episode. In this article, we'll include any links that we mentioned in this episode. You'll also be able to use our advanced podcast search engine to quickly bring you right to the moment you are looking for in this episode. When you go to the Homeschool Think Tank website, you'll also want to check out our collection of educational podcasts that your family will love. We have suggested podcasts for kids, teenagers, and parents. And remember that you can search all of the Homeschool Think Tank parenting podcast episodes at homeschoolthinktank.com. Have a great week. We'll see you next week. Same time, same place. Live and learn your way. My name is Jackie and I am your host of the Homeschool Think Tank Parenting Podcast. Bye-bye.